As Courtney said earlier, we are, we've been in a series that we're calling Retold, and it's based on Bible, you know, Sunday school stories that we've heard growing up, and, and, and like she said, it's not retelling the story like you've never heard it before. It might be just from a different perspective, from an adult perspective, and so that's what we've done the first few weeks, and if you've missed those first few weeks, I would invite you to go back and check those out at our website, um, because I think there's some great foundational truths, obviously, in God's Word, but in those stories in particular. So I would encourage you to do that. Now, today being a different service, um, I had to kind of shorten some things a little bit. You're welcome. So we are, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to take a story that maybe wasn't one you heard, maybe you did, but it may not have been one of those focal points, those ones you think of when you think of Sunday school, but I think it's appropriate for the day. And so we're going to talk from 1 Samuel. If you've got your Bible with you and you want to open it to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 19 through 28 is where we're going to kind of land. If you don't have a Bible, there is one around you. I promise you there's one in the seat um, near you. And I would encourage you, as I always do, take the time to grab God's Word. God's Word is more important than anything I will ever say from this stage and so you, you want to grab it, you want to hold it, you want to know it, you want to look at it. And if you can't take the three seconds to lean over and grab it, do it anyway. Do it anyway. So we're talking about uh, the story of Hannah and Samuel, and I'll give you just a little bit of background, just as a reminder of where we're at uh, in biblical history, right? Uh, the, Israel's come out of free, slavery, they've been in freedom, they've, they've conquered the land, unfortunately they've been disobedient, back and forth, and obedient, this, all this good stuff. There have been judges to help rule over this time, and we find ourselves just before what's going to happen with the very first king of Israel, um, Saul, and, and then King David, and then Solomon. It's just at the beginning of that, as the final judge, who's also a priest, is going to be brought up, um, a man named Samuel, but we find his mother, Hannah, and she's married to this guy named Elkanah. And Elkanah has another wife, and his other wife is, has children, and Hannah does not. Hannah is barren. Um, now, Hannah is Elkanah's favorite wife, which this seems to be a really weird thing in the Bible early on, right? Favorite kids, favorite wives. Don't do that. It's not a good practice. But he had a favorite wife, and that was Hannah. But she, she, she was barren. She didn't have any kids. Elkanah is portrayed as this faithful man who takes his family up to worship, um, as is commanded in, in the Torah, in the law, the first five books of the Bible, uh, as they're commanded to do. Um, at this point, the temple in Jerusalem has not been established, so the place of worship is, is Shiloh, and you can find that in the book of Joshua. It's still in place. This is still where they will go to, to worship and sacrifice and make offerings and all of those things. And although Hannah is in deep despair, she is a woman of great faith. And so she accompanies her husband and their family when they go to offer their sacrifice and worship in Shiloh. And while she's there, she makes a vow to the Lord. That vow is that she would receive, if she receives this child, she would give him to the Lord. So it says, I'll give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. That's 1 Samuel 1 verse 11. And while she is there praying and in anguish and despair and pain, Scripture says her lips are moving, but no words are coming out. And, and the priest at the time, a man named Eli, is standing there and he sees her and he thinks she's drunk. He perceives that she's been drinking a little too much wine. And he kind of admonishes her and she says, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm in great pain and grief and anguish and suffering 
I've been asking the Lord to grant me a child, a son. And Eli responds back to her saying, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant your prayer. And that's where we find ourselves in our text today, 1 Samuel chapter 1, starting in verse 19. Now, the Bibles in your hand are ESV. That is the typical uh, translation that I like to read and teach from. Today, I'm actually going to be reading from the NIV, so just hang with me. Verse 19 says that early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. And Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. And when her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. And Elkanah says what every good husband says to his wife, do what seems best to you. To stay here until you have weaned him, only may the Lord make good his word. And so the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. And after he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull and an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And when the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the, boy Eli, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. And I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. So Hannah vowed that the child she would bear would be a servant to the Lord all of his life. And so I'll start with a question. Can a parent really make a vow that the child will carry out? And the takeaway on that, the the, the bulletin, normally that's a fill in the blank that we have for you guys. Today I did all the hard work. I filled in all the blanks for you guys. Um, But on on that bulletin as you walked in, it says today's takeaway, and it's dedicating a child means surrendering to God's will. Dedicating a child means surrendering to God's will. And like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, parents must surrender to God's will. It's not easy. Right? We know that Jesus in the Garden, right before he would take on the wrath of God, the judgment of God for the sins of this world, he said, God, Father, if you can take this away, Not my will, yours be done. In great anguish and great suffering and great turmoil in his heart. Jesus had been given a mission to sacrifice himself for the salvation of this world. And he surrendered himself to the Father's will. And parents must likewise do the same. We've been given a mission by God to raise these little lives that he has entrusted us with. Raise them to know him and to trust him and to serve him, and to obey him, and to love him. And this too will require sacrifice and surrender on our part. Success as a parent does not come without surrender. Success as a parent does not come without sacrifice. Every parent will learn that to be a parent, a good parent, means to sacrifice for your kids. 
But more importantly, it means to surrender to God's will and not our own. Because dedicating a child means surrendering to God's will. Hannah made a vow, and she begged God for a child. There may be some of you in this room today that know exactly what that's like. Maybe some of you struggled to have children. Maybe some of you wanted a child for years and years and years, and you begged God for a child, and you begged God for a child. Eventually, maybe God granted you that that prayer, that request. Some of you, maybe not. Some of you, maybe God just granted you and blessed you with children. Either way, it's a blessing. Either way, it's a gift from God. And we have to understand that our children are first his children, and they're on loan to us. It is, it is hard for me to understand that someone could love my kids more than I love my kids. But God the Father loves my kids more than I love my kids because they are first his. And our mission as parents is to point them to Jesus. And so we surrender. It means we become a servant of God. Trusting his word over my wants. Trusting his word over my feelings. Trusting his word over my emotions. Trusting his word over my desires. I will sacrifice the things, because here's the truth. All of us know as parents there are times that I'm really consumed with myself. And I really want to do what's best for me. And sometimes I don't make the best decisions. I want to do those things that I want to do. And it may not be what's best. And it certainly may not be what correlates with God's word. But I have to sacrifice those things. There's sometimes where the feelings and emotions will overwhelm you to a place where you want to pursue those. But we have to pursue his word. Simply put, We have to do what he says, not my will, but yours be done. And we sacrifice dying to ourselves, not living like the world. This is an important part. We can't live like the world. We teach our children what it looks like to sacrifice for the Lord. What does that mean? It means we sacrifice our time and our pleasure and our money and our conveniences and our popularity. We sacrifice looking like the world. We pursue the things of God even when people look at you and say, what are you doing? Why would you go do that instead of doing this? Why don't you do those things? Why aren't you involved in that? Why won't you stand with this? Why won't you do those things? And our answer should always be because I wouldn't be standing with the Lord. Because there are times where all I need to say is God's will, not mine. God's will, not mine. And so I'm going to sacrifice time and pleasure and money and conveniences and popularity. Hannah demonstrated for Samuel in the biggest way what it meant to sacrifice for the Lord. Her son Samuel had a special place in God's plan. If we've we've read the story, we understand that Samuel would go on. He's the one that first anoints uh, King Saul, the king that the people wanted. And then eventually the actual king in David He has a tremendous ministry for the Lord that he partakes in. We have no idea what God's going to do in the lives of these children. We have no idea what God is going to do in the lives of these children. Some of them will do some things that we can't even fathom for the Lord. 
But every single one of them will have the call on their life to take the Great Commission to somebody. And if they find just one, their purpose and place in God's plan is huge. If that child is meant just to share the gospel with one and have them hear it and receive it, their purpose and place in this world cannot. That means that someone would receive eternal life. That means that someone would be forgiven of all their sins. That means that someone would not just be freed from hell like we talked about, but they would be seen righteous from the wrath of God that is coming. If that life is just to touch one, And those parents up on the stage today they did the exact same thing. They made a huge commitment today, a huge commitment, a huge vow to give their child to the Lord. Don't get me wrong. None of your kids are staying here with me. None of them are being left here like Hannah left Samuel, right? That's not how this works. She surrendered her child and left him there. So how will they be giving their children to the Lord? by saying his will, not mine. That statement needs to be frequently in your mind and on your lips. Your home must be a place full of God, full of his word, full of prayer. They need to see you and hear you present Christ. They need to see you and hear you talk about Jesus. They need you to teach them about Christ. They need to see you live a life modeled after Jesus. They have to see it. They have to see it because sometimes if they only hear it, and here's the sad part, guys, in a lot of homes, they don't even hear it. Like there's this idea at times that somehow it's Sunday, like we bring them into the church on Sunday and they'll hear about Jesus and that is sufficient. And that is in no way sufficient because the world is coming seven days a week. Because the world is presenting lies to them seven days a week. Because the world is living a life in front of them that says, come and follow us and do this. And as parents, we need to stand before our children all the time, presenting Christ all the time. And as we present it to them, then when they see the life that's coming, because life is hard, and when they see us faced with all those same challenges and the choice of money or pleasure or popularity or living like the world, they need to see us say, no, I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. Because then when you bring it to them and you say, you need to choose Jesus, what they won't see is a hypocrite. Because a hypocrite in your own home will push you as far away from the Lord as anything. But if they see that person that is honest and true and real about the struggles, about the trials, about the failures, about all of it, but says, I stand with Christ. That is what they need. That is how you surrender them to God. They need to see it and hear it over and over Hannah committed her child to the Lord in her words, and then she followed with her actions. As I said, Samuel was used by God in great ways. Jesus surrendered to God's will and willingly sacrificed himself for us to display God's love for us. You see, parents can't dedicate their children to a God they haven't surrendered to and aren't willing to sacrifice for. You cannot dedicate your children to a God that you have not surrendered to and that you're willing to sacrifice for. 
Every sacrifice, every surrender to God's will brings those kids one step closer to God's presence. Every time we sacrifice, every time we follow God's will, every time we do those things that God has called us to do, be those people God has called us to be, stand in the face of all the other stuff and say, no, 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 I will choose God's way. Every time we do that, we bring them one step closer to the very presence of God. So I started by asking you, can parents make a vow that their children can keep? The answer is no. Your kids cannot stand on your rock. Your children will not be saved by your faith. But you can make a vow to surrender your life and sacrifice your life and seek God's will. And you can vow to raise your children's God's way so that they will hear and see what a godly life looks like. And the truth is we need to love our children enough to sacrifice for them, to sacrifice and surrender our will for God's will. I need to be willing to take the selfish man that lives inside of me, that wants all of those things and wants to be accepted by the world and wants to look like everybody else and wants to be popular and wants to have the things of this world and money and pleasure and all of that. I have to take that man. I have to acknowledge he exists. I have to die to him every single day that I would live for Christ even when it doesn't make sense to me. I take my way and I stuff it down and I say, no, I know what that is. I know it's that sinful man that lives inside of me. And God, I know who you are. And so I'll choose your way. I'll choose your way. We have to learn what it means to sacrifice and surrender our will to God. He did. He did. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him, would not perish, but would have eternal life. God surrendered and sacrificed. God, the Father, God, the greatest Father that there's ever been, he modeled this for us. God, the one that we had sinned against. God, the one that we had turned our back on. God, who had every right, like I said last week, if you weren't here, go check it out. I said last week, the question isn't, how could a loving God do these things? The question is, how does that God allow me to take another step? That God that should be pouring out his wrath said, I will surrender and I will sacrifice because my love for you is so great. I will make a way. And if you put your faith and trust in my son, the Bible says you will be saved. Salvation did not come without sacrifice and surrender. And like Hannah, we as parents should, we should all vow to raise our children in such a way that they will live in the presence of God and we will give them an opportunity to be in the eternal presence of God. I'm going to ask if our band would come. We will give them a chance. That's, that's what we do as parents. We give them a chance to surrender their life to Christ because he sacrificed his life for them. As parents, we build a foundation before our kids. The most important thing that we will ever do is give them a chance to surrender their lives to Christ by surrendering our life to Christ daily in front of them. This is what we do. And I will tell you this. Don't be fooled for a minute into thinking that they don't watch everything that you've ever done, especially in the face of struggle and trial, and try to match that up with the words that came out of your mouth. And do not be fooled to think that when those things don't match, 
that that does not push them away. Now, what I'm not saying to you is that you're never going to fail in it because I fail all the time. As parents, one of the greatest things we will ever do is go to our kids and say, I screwed up. I screwed up. I screwed up in the way I treated you. Maybe as a father, it's I screwed up in the way I treated your mother. As a follower of God, I fell short today, kids. But I've gone to God and I've asked him to forgive me because I know his will is right. And the Bible says that if I go to him and I repent, that he is faithful and just to forgive me my sins. And he'll cleanse me from my unrighteousness. He'll set me on my feet. And he still loves me. And I want you to forgive me. I want you to forgive me. What an example to set before them. What an example of Jesus to set before your kids. Surrender and sacrifice. Surrender and sacrifice. Give them a chance to know Christ. I could not be more proud of the statement that was made by those families up here today. And I know our church said it. But I want you guys to hear me say this. I will commit everything I have as your pastor to help you fulfill the vow that you made here today. I will walk that road with you. I will love your children with you. I will love you when you fall down. I want to pour into your families because I believe that families need to be restored in our, in our city, in our country, all around the world. We need to rebuild the family. That's really hard by yourself. Thank you guys for the commitment you made. Thank you for the family and friends that gathered here with us today to be a part of this, to support your family, however you're here as a friend or a family, to support them in the commitment they made. Thank you guys for that. It matters. You matter. 